0: Guy was a senior postmate. I think he was he was the president of his year group also. He finished. He was a TE like great guy, like all round great guy. Like it's those people where you realize like he's book smart and like he's like president of his um society and those things. So like he's everything like you call like maybe a star boy or something like that for his department. He finishes national service. He was a TE like so. Charlie basically checking off all the right things. And after national service, I think somewhere in that second or third year, he came back and one time and then we had this meeting, and he just casually told us that oh, he doesn't have a job. And that like he's doing NAPCO. So like NAPCO is this initiative that the government brought, it's a very low-paying job and he teaches. And that was a that was a big strike, a very big blow to me. Because I really idolized that guy. And I was like, yo, this guy checks up every every single thing. So if the very best of the best does not have a job or does not have, like, a great opportunity? What are the odds for? What are the chances for me?
1: Hey, you. I wanted to welcome you to the Titans podcast. My name is Rudolf Amuakua Kono, a lifelong learner, public speaker, sharer, and a podcaster. I am the host of the Titan's podcast, the show that helps you to unlock the greatness in you. In each week, we bring you an inspiring and insightful personal message to help you to unlock the Titan in you. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's delve deeper on today's episode. So before we proceed on today's main episode, I want to have an agreement. So if you would pause here, go to the subscription button, press on it, follow the show. And if you would share the show with five people in your circle, then I want to make a promise to you. What is this? I want to tell you that because of what you have done, we will make sure that we bring on to this show the most insightful and the best people to share with you actionable ideas and insights to help you improve your life every single time. That is what we are going to do on the show. Do that, come back and let's delve deeper onto today's episode of the Titans Podcast. Okay, so um there's always a point, a point in every Ghanaian boy or girl's life where you are like, Okay, well, I think I need to leave this country because I mean it doesn't look like anything is gonna work for me or anything like that these things are not delusional you know like you're not making fantasies in your head to be very honest sometimes the country they cast sometimes the country really really they cast um, where if you talk say you the one left if you say you want to leave this country you are making some very very solid points so on today's episode of the podcast um, i'm going to have a conversation with a friend of mine who had left the country or who has left the country a couple of months uh, the Nigerians will say he he pa. And then the Ghanians will like, say, this has been a new guy in town that since. But I just want to have a conversation with him and then see the cultural dynamics, the lessons, um, how you should go about grad school if you want to leave the country where you can look out for such opportunities and how to go about such things. So, on today's episode of the podcast, that's just literally what we are going to talk about. So I am going to have a conversation with Albert Oka. Albert is, is my long time G. I mean, I've known him for a couple of years now. Um he's a biomedical engineer, but now he's also into the into the applied health and applied sciences. Quite very smart. He doesn't want to be he, he doesn't want us to say he's smart, but Charlie, how are we go do up. He'd be a very smart guy. We he did try. So I just reached out to him. He's currently living in the United States. I had to reach out to him and and then um, see how best we could pick his brain on conversations like this. So hello, Titans. If you can hear my voice, then you're welcome to another episode of the podcast where we share with you actionable ideas and insights to make sure that you are able to improve upon your life a little bit and make a little bit progress in your life as we journey on. So,
0: yo, Albert. Yeah, do. How far? Yeah, it was
1: good. <laughs>
0: I'm what's good, actually, good Um, it's been it's been a good day. I mean, I'm glad to I'm glad to have this conversation as well. All
1: right, fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm so excited that you decided to do this.
0: Um, um, I mean, thanks, thanks a lot for the opportunity. Uh, like I, I think during conversations earlier, I mentioned that um, it's something i would really been looking for so I was like, oh, I talk to people, but then I wish there's like a bigger platform or some way i could get to talk to more people so i'm glad you reached out like that's really a good opportunity so yeah
1: thanks i i believe that you have a lot of things to share something valuable that you can actually share with the community and then help them to become better i remember the first time how did i even meet you okay so we were on a bus from Accra to Kumasi in the middle of the night and i think we sat beside each other uh And then we had this long conversation. We were going for NYLS as a conference organized by ISIC. And we had a very long conversation. And then even during the conference, I think we spoke a couple of times and certain things led to certain things. And then you met someone that I don't want to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) And then what happened had to happen, but I don't want to go there. You understand? I don't want to go there, at least not for today. I don't want to go there. But um, it was a good experience. What do you have to say about that, though?
0: (laughs) Yeah, oh, I mean, um, I I owe a lot of my progress to Isaac. Like, I'm very thankful for the experience I learned in Isaac, the people I've met in Isaac. See, NYLS was a very good memory. Um, I met wonderful people like yourself included. And it was the start of, like, a lot of good friendships. And... (laughs) I'll say I've at least I've made lifelong connections. These are people that um I trust I will will have in my life for like the, the rest of my life. So i I mean I'm really grateful for yeah, Nylas. No, I'm really grateful for Isec and like the conferences and the general opportunities yeah, I got for myself.
1: Great, great, great. I don't want to go too much into Isec today. It's like, I've said it times without number, on this podcast that if you want to groom yourself and better yourself and you find yourself in any of these universities in Ghana or even anywhere in the world you can just go to any university ask of Isaac apply and then um, let's see how it goes and I think you'll come and thank us later because it's a, it's a good place to be it's a good place to groom yourself bro my first question uh, what is one thing that people actually think about you which is wrong what's one misconception <laughs> That would maybe be interesting i mean I, you, I
0: don't know um but then um sometimes i think some of my friends assume that i i have life figured out that's something i get from a lot of people like people think oh I i have clear plans i know what i'm doing with my life and everything <laughs> but sometimes i feel like nah like I, I feel like every other person where i have struggles and um I'm not really like the best of the best in a lot of things. So that's something I get from most people. It's probably like oh, actually, I um, I like how you are doing your stuff, and like um, I want to be like you. Are like, I'm like Charlie. <laughs> I'm also I'm also struggling just like every other person. And it's sometimes when you tell people that, they feel like oh well, maybe you are fake, humbling. But like I'm I'm really being serious. Like that's how I feel about uh, most things. But I mean, yeah, that's something I really get uh, from people. <laughs>
1: I think heavy is the hair that wears the crown, you know that. And hmm, I mean, me too, but uh, me too. So then then how do people who are close to you when you communicate like the real niggas in your circle? How then can no say okay, so in actual fact, you too, Charlie, you have your bad moments, you have your bad days. How they can't know, say, It's not that easy as it looks like. And do you think that those people who are in your close circle, who understand where you are, what what benefit do you think, or what what kind of opportunities and space do they give um, you to actually I, be yourself, express yourself, and also express your weaknesses?
0: I think that's one thing I've learned over the last couple of years. So for most parts, what I realized is that the reason people were making this assumption was because for most part I try to like just hide my weaknesses and just show people my strengths so they're not wrong for assuming that I have things figured out but um what happened was that with my very closest friends I started telling them people uh, telling them the things I was going through and my struggle so I'm really thankful for like my close friends so I told them a lot of things that like when I have bad days um and then I have a lot of support so in, initially i thought that oh maybe if i told people that maybe i'm struggling or having a rough time they, they might think less of me or something but eventually i found out that no it actually builds stronger bonds like build stronger friendships so whenever i tell them that oh child this is what i'm going through or these are i can't do this can you help me with this and they're like wait i actually thought you could you could do this. I'm like no i i don't understand this or i don't know how to do this can you teach me and the more i was reaching out to people and showing them my weaknesses it also made me a better person and also made me, like, generally a good friend. So I think that's been something I've learned over the last few years, but it's been very, very instrumental um, in my personal growth. Word,
1: word, 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 bro. But I think on the other side of the coin, too, is that when you know that in actual fact nobody's is coming to look out for you or help you or anything, you are being compelled to also, like, consistently find a higher way of Dealing with stuff, I mean, because if you are, if you are the source every time, then I mean, and you know that people find it quite difficult to understand that you're having a tough time. You tend to process things by your own self, find solutions by your own self. And I don't, I don't know for a fact, but I think there's some kind of resilience that you build in there that helps you to thrive later on in life. Because in actual facts, bro, nobody's actually going to be there for you like yourself you understand what i'm saying
0: yeah that's that's very true that's actually very true so i think for me that's that has been the mindset i've had ever since like growing up It has yeah, just been in my mind that oh i have to strive and achieve everything on my own but which is true i mean you have to try and find things for yourself but finding the good balance between knowing where your strengths are maxed at and then identifying the things you are not really good at and asking for help is very fine so accepting that, or oh, maybe, maybe I just don't know how to do this. So um, can you help me to do this? So basically, what you realize is that you keep giving out your weaknesses. But it's not just to everybody. So the point is not to talk to just everyone, but then, you know, select people you communicate your weaknesses with. And they help you. So um, I have this, I have a couple of friends. And it's like I have this friend, Princess and another friend, Benjamin. Like, listen, we used to study together and other things like that. And there are times I like could just tell them, bro, I don't know this whole chapter, like, or I don't know this whole concept, and the person is surprised. They're like, ah, I thought you understand. I'm like, I don't know, and I let them teach me. And it's the same way. Um, at a point in time, I get to teach somebody, and it's the same. So basically, we are making each other better. So I think that's what I am using for life. I know when to face life head on. You know, like, bro, this this work I have to do myself, and I know when to ask for help.
1: Yeah, I think that's the truth. You need you just you need to find the balance. That's the most important thing. You need to find the balance. You know, there's a video where somebody was complaining about cocoa three cities. For those of you who don't know what cocoa is, maybe you are not a Ghanaian or something. So we have millets like actual millets where we use it to make cocoa, and then you have a lot of people buying in the morning when you are going to work, when you are going to school, you get some cocoa, you get some kocy, something to and you know, there's a story where somebody was actually complaining about 3 Twissies. I am just saying this to ask you that, at what point in your life as a Ghanaian youth did you say to yourself that, bro, I need to leave this country? Like, it's, 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 it's just, that's it for me. I need to move.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> I would say, I mean, um, me leaving the country, there have been a lot of like um, small reasons I find here and there, here and there, so it's like I knew eventually I want to do I want to maybe go to graduate school it has been at the back of my mind and I wanted to do it abroad, that was like a long time ago, but there, there was a point where I said no, I have to, and that was I think I was in, I was in my undergrad, and then um, one guy was a senior course mate, I think he was, he was the president of his year group also he finished, he was a TA like, great guy, like all round great guy. Like, it's those people where you realize, like, he's book smart and, like, he's like president of his um so- society and those things. So, like, he's everything, like, you call, like, maybe a star boy or something like that for his department. He finishes National Service University, like, so Charlie basically checking off all the right things. And after National Service, I think somewhere in that second or third year, he came back and one time, and then we had this meeting, and he just casually told us that, oh, he doesn't have a job. And that, like, he's doing NAPCO. So, like, NAPCO is this initiative that the government brought. It's a very low paying job, and he teaches. And that was a a big strike, a very big blow to me, because I really idolized that guy. And I was like, yo, this guy checks up every every single thing so if the very best of the best does not have a job or does not have like a great opportunity what are the odds for what are the chances for me and that was like that was my was like you maybe this country might not offer the opportunities i need and i want to so that was literally my charlie I for left ghana moment <laughs>
1: yeah. i like the part that you said this country might not offer the best opportunities for me i'm not condemning the country where we were born in I'm not saying that, but I'm just trying to be realistic so that we paint like the actual picture as it is. You know, there are certain areas of of life in Ghana which is absolutely miserable, my brother. It's hard, you know, it's not easy. And and it even gets worse when you have these politicians coming out here telling us that we are not hardworking, we are not putting in our best, we are not doing the right things. But then I feel like the the platform to scale, the platform to escalate your work, you know, there's supposed to be a system that is equal, that's able to help people move forward. Like it's supposed to create an enabling environment for us. They, They are not there. Like they are just not there. So that's what I really wanted to find out. Like, what was that moment for you? Like, you said, okay, well, I just had to leave.
0: And now, I mean, if if I'll I'll add to that, like, um, I've always had the mindset that the best people and the best things should have the best opportunities. That's generally how society should run. If you finish top of your class, you should get, like, the best job. Like, it should just be natural. But the system was not set up like that. So you can... You can study so hard, pass all your exams, finish with the first class, Like do all the right things, and you'll not get a job. And I feel like that's a dysfunctional society. That's not a society I want to be in. I feel like societies, a society I want to be in, society that should reward hard work. If I'm studying hard and I decide to become the best, I should have the best opportunities. But so it was... I mean, I'm a Ghana boy true and true. I love my country. I will always, I definitely every time I'm talking to people here, I'm like, I definitely won't want to live long term in my country. But it's just a sad reality. It's a reality you just come to realize that we as much as you love the country, the country is not providing the opportunity you have for. And to even be able to take care of yourself and the people you care about, you might actually have to leave the very place you love.
1: Word. That's true. That's true, my bro. That's true. That's true. Randomly. Whoever comes on this show, ask them this question, and I want to ask: If you had a quote, I mean, you you live in the United States, so um, Times Square, NYC, you there's a there's a there's a billboard there for you, and they are just asking you, them, okay, Mister Okra, please can you put something on this board that's going to be there forever, like a quote, anything, whatever it is, What do you think you put up there?" <coughs>
0: Oh, this is a this is a big one. I've actually not <laughs> I've actually not really thought about this before. But um I think something I've realized is that uh yeah, so I mean something I would probably generally say is that like um life is about sacrifices. So for a quote, I'll just say um uh, there's a price for everything, so weigh your options and pay the highest price for the best things you want. Yeah. so i'm like yeah there's a price for everything so just keep that in mind you weigh your options and pay big pay your biggest price for the biggest things oh, you want submission. um submission. and i think it's not really a quote I've, I've, say i have let's say i live by for a long time or something but it's generally sometimes have understood about life where i've just realized that um in order to get some things you want you have to invest something there's a price for it so it's like if you want to maybe um, travel, maybe you have to make applications. That's a, that's a price you are paying for traveling. Or if you want to build a good friendship or a good relationship, you have to invest time or money or something. So basically, there's a price for everything. So just be the options and see, oh, maybe is this worth How it? And then just get pay the price.
1: To know about grad school in, in abroad, I mean, somebody who is just done with university, undergrad in Ghana, and wants to pursue their education, what advice would you? give to the person what places would you advise the person to go to on the internet what are some of the things you would advise the person to do i mean i want you to run us through um some of the vital things that you did that made your grad school application easier places that you can go to get some very cool scholarships and those kind of stuff so that anybody who is listening who has the idea of doing something like that in the next year in the coming years but at least have a fair idea of what they want to do and how to go about it. So run us through, my bro.
0: Okay. Um, I mean, I, I think we used to casually talk about this thing, oh, like before left those things. I mean, even me you yourself used to always tell me like Charlie Bro, when are you leaving and all those things like that? But um I would say I, I stumbled on um, uh, let's say actively applying for grad school by pressure. Like um, uh, I mean, I was a teaching assistant. And I mean, when you go to the department, everybody's applying. Like, you see people, i going for interviews and people ask for recommendations. Even one of my lecturers legit asked me that, Albert, oh, so everyone has come for recommendations. Why are you not coming for one? And the pressure got to me. So, all that time, I was not ready. In the very first phase of application, I was just Hold not ready. On. So, if, you're listening, I to if apply. you're listening currently,
1: you see, he casually just mentioned that it was a a T. You see, he didn't, he didn't hit on it, in it like that. Too. That's how he hit Anything that is like huge and successful, he just measures it like casually, like things come with ease for this particular boy. So he was one of the best students in his class. If you go to the the KWST School of Biomedical Engineering, he was a teaching assistant for his department. Smart guy, very, very smart guy. And if you know anybody who went to his basic school, I know a couple of niggas who went to your basic school, everybody says, okay, okay, that dude, He's smart. That dude is smart. That dude is smart. But then this boy mostly wants to be identified more as somebody who is just casual and everything. Shall he continue?
0: Yeah, so um like uh, like I mentioned, so there was a lot of pressure, like a lot of pressure actually got to me, which was very surprising because I'm somebody who's not really moved by pressure. But then at just that point in my life, I felt like I was slacking. So out of that pressure, I just decided to apply. So and i was just i was looking for schools and just put up. i was applying to a lot of places i applied to spain czech republic <laughs> i was looking at schools in the uae like i was just i was just random like anything that comes in mind i'll join twitter spaces like there was this level of desperation combined with like frustration and we're just making i was all over the place so my first batch of applications were very unsuccessful i had a lot of rejection mails and that's when it dawned on me. So, like for a question asking, if somebody wants to apply, what do they do? So I started asking people for help. I started talking to more people. And generally, one of the one of the first things that I tell people, and I, I have these kind of discussions with friends, is that once you have a very good support system, I think people undermine the importance of good support systems because grad school application phase is very tough. Like it takes time, a lot of time, commitment, and a lot of effort so have people in your life who check up on you. Oh. How far with your application? You said you're going to submit this application on, on the 15th. Today is 10th. Are you making any progress? Oh, I saw this school here. This is this link. Can you check it? Have people in your life who are like concerned and willing to help you. So that's the first thing. Have a good support system. Tell a few friends, family that you want to apply and let them have your back. Because there are moments where you can easily feel tired, like easily feel discouraged, especially when you're in the application phase. So yeah, let's check in out. That's not really one of the meat, but like I, I just tell people have a good support system because it's will be essential for the long ride. Then the next thing I'll just say, so at least for me, what I did was I got all the essential documents down. So like for my transcripts, um, if you need maybe an, an English proficiency letter. So those things, get those things from your schools, get those documents down, talk to lecturers. And then ask them that oh, I will be applying to school. I want you to be a recommender. So get those basic ones down. Then the next thing is to look for school. And you'll be very surprised like where I found my school, where I'm right I actually found my school on Twitter. Like I, <laughs> I found my lecture. I'm, I'm doing a PhD program. I found my lecture on Twitter. Like, just of all places, we everywhere we just go and then just banter and tweet about random stuff. Um, but then what I did was that I created, what I did, I created that I followed certain people that I knew that I wanted to apply to, um, like, visit their schools and turn on their post notifications. And I was just following them. So sometimes they retweet opportunities, and then I see it, and I'll email the person. So you be conscious about the process. I just thought be, be very conscious of the process. I was using almost everything. So I was using my Twitter. I was using um, Google. I was using friends. So yeah, that's, like, the general approach, how to find schools. And um, our processes might be different. So at least me, I'm in a PhD program. Someone might be, happy, might be applying for a master's. The application might be different. Someone might be applying for a bachelor's degree. The application process might be different. So if I'm telling you from my personal experience, I will mention something that maybe might not apply to you, but I'm just going to talk about my personal experience. At least for most PhD programs in the U.S., um, you are required to um, have like a supervisor. So you'll be required to like send emails to like look at the departments. Okay, I like this course, but look at the lectures or faculty in that department, send them emails and then ask them um, if there's there's an opportunity there, you want to work with them, but then you have to draft a very good email, tell them about it, like a quick introduction, what you do, what you can offer in their lab, and if they have opportunity for you to join their lab. And if they if they have the opportunity, they will invite you for a call. So that's the same thing I did. I had a call, and then um, after a lot of emails back and forth, we both realized, okay, maybe we want to work together, and then I had to go ahead to apply, and then I did the application. But I said that I had like some other applications I had put in earlier. So yeah, I'll say that's my general route. Um, look, I searched for schools, and surprisingly, you actually just type, let us say, Masters in Biomedical Engineering in the USA, and a lot of long list of schools will come, and you sieve them out. People don't, I think people undermine under or why they estimate the that you can literally just search down maybe masters in human resource management in Canada and you have a tall list of schools, put them down and check off the things that matter to you. So for example, let's say you've not written I wrote GRE. I wrote GRE in last year, November. Let's say you've not written GRE. So obviously you might not want a school that is requesting GRE. So if you have listed 50 schools. You might sieve through um, and take out all the schools that require GRE. It will bring your list to about maybe twenty-five, and then, or maybe there are also there another schools asking for you to maybe have, um, maybe three recommenders, but you have only two, so you might sieve it out and you might bring your list to about five. So what I said up because I've personalized your search app, uh, process. What applies to you might not be the same thing that applies to me. So first, find the things that you have, and then look at how you match them to your profile so like i created my personal profile my profile was that first i didn't have GRE but then later i was looking for schools that also had GRE so i was a GRE so if i find a school that has GRE i'll add it um i if there was any school that was compulsively asking me to write maybe an english proficiency exam like IELTS i didn't want to write IELTS so that, that for just that i've eliminated that but let's say you have written IOTS so basically that becomes part of your profile so yes the next process is create your know your profile look for schools that match with your profile and right. then apply
1: fantastic but my from this just this submission that you've given to us um uh, I think the highlights for the highlight in there is that Twitter of all places like I mean Twitter of all places. And what I'm actually saying is that, you know, social media is a tool. And whatever you learn, whatever you pick from there is up to you. It's a leverage. I mean, the internet is one of the best things that ever happened to us as humans. And Twitter is a place where I've learned tons of stuff. A lot of them. It's all about how you use it. It's all about, so we are on Twitter every day. We are doing football banter. We are talking about a lot of things. And then there's another aspect of Twitter where there are numerous opportunities. I mean, so if you are listening, then I think you've nailed it on the head that know what you want and know where to find it. And then make sure that you look out for the positives in in everything in every tool that you have, wherever you find yourself, make sure that you 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 find the right things and do the right things and pick the right ones from there so that's that's absolutely true. I mean, what are some of the know I mean, when you go to another country you need to adapt you need to because things are not done as it is in your country. what are some of the the characteristics or like the character trees that you had in Ghana that helped you to easily adapt in the States.
0: At least for me, I generally like to reach out to people. And, um, um. But something I learned, I don't know. I've just been someone who likes to reach out to people, and I've realized how important that has been. So, in terms of email skills, and for email, I owe that solely like to Isaac. I've learned so much in terms of emailing from Isaac. To the points now email is basically my most used application um in like of, of all my uh, of all my um stuff i apps i use on my phone so if you have a question reach out to someone and people are always ready to help so um even when i when i got to the um when i got to the us school had not started but i just went to the out went to the campus just to familiarize myself around before school starts and then maybe i'll I i do not have to be lost or moving around and i went to like my department introduced myself and then just told them that oh, i'm here to f- find out stuff so if they can show me around and interestingly at least for here people are always ready to help so some skills i'll see is like um like building some self-confidence and like speaking up for us or speaking up for yourself. um that's something most people don't have but i will say it's something that has really helped me um i'm not afraid to reach out to somebody i'm not afraid to ask for help so those um i'll call them personal skills or personal uh, interpersonal skills have been very very resourceful in communicating with people but then aside that too like there's also like the hard skills in terms of like the research work i'm required to do so basically we asked to um do some stuff in uh, some software you'll be asked to use some equipment and at least I mentioned I don't know if I mentioned but I did biomedical engineering and for my undergrad and then currently I'm in the health sciences program which is like a moving into like a different field but then there are some skill sets you learn so maybe how to read and how to read large chunk of um, text and summarize them so summary skills um how to make powerpoint i really enjoy PowerPoint like this is something i really enjoy doing if, i'm sure all my classmates know that's something i really like to do so how to make good presentations communicate your message and um, so all these basic skills we learn in school and class are things that you combine and then you bring them here and then you excel and then one thing that people underrate uh is adaptability the adaptability is actually a skill you all your ability to see that, okay, I don't know this in this moment, and quickly pick up and start learning. So being open-minded and being ready to learn is also an important skill that I think has really helped me.
1: With your... I don't want to make you talk your own, then me too, I'll go talk my own. But how how do you think people get
0: confident? Where does confidence go Ooh, I've actually not thought about this before, but um, I think... um. Practice helps in everything. Practice helps. So, for example, before I had my um Zoom call with my potential supervisor, after I had emailed her, to like, Oh, we should have a call. So, i mean even first emailing my, you might need some confidence email. Somebody might see the opportunity, but even sending an email might be a problem. But then, yeah, just don't be afraid. Tell them who you are. Hi, my name is Albert. I am, and so I, for example, like, in applying for um graduate school, like I mentioned, I found a tweet and then the person, the lecturer had just put it out, I'm looking for a PhD student to work on this project. I'm like, okay, I, I, this is a course of interest. And I picked the email from there. Drafted an email less than 30 minutes. Hi, my name is Albert. Um, I'm a research and teaching assistant at Common Common University of Science and Technology. I do this, these are the sets I have. I see you also do this and I want us to collaborate and she responded and said, okay, let's have a call. Let's have a call, I think it was a one week interval. Between that one week, there was a lot of practice. So that's where you have to like start reading more. So I was like, find enough information and then practice. To the point where on the call now when they say, oh, hi Albert, tell us about yourself or tell us about your research or tell us about your background over there, because you have, at least you have some knowledge, because some confidence comes from knowledge. I don't know, but if you know your stuff, you are more likely to be confident. So, um, because I've I, at least I know my stuff, but there is not enough to know your stuff. You have to practice. So, looking at um, it might be challenging, but people look into the mirror and talk to themselves or they record themselves. I did all those sessions and they helped me. And I wouldn't say I'm, maybe I'm the most confident of people, but at least I've tried and has wait for me, so yeah, I don't know about you,
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think first of all, the basic the the fundamental thing is training, like practice, like keep doing it, go over it, keep doing it, and then you know, there's a part of the brain where it begins to it begins to get solidified in your thoughts, and then it becomes way easier, and then knowledge, yes, know your shit, bro, like you have an opportunity, it comes today. And if you don't, if you are going to fumble and you're going to say, no, 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 it's going to pass you and leave. So knowing, I think you've nailed it. I don't have much to say concerning that, but I, I think you've said it quite well that it comes from practice.
0: Yeah, there's, um, I mean, one other thing I would say, like, in terms of practice, I tell people that don't be afraid to feel, usually practice is enjoyable when they say you've done something already and keep doing it. But the first time, whenever it's the first time, it's just always difficult and it's true. But don't be afraid to fail. Like I mentioned, that lecture I emailed, I drafted the email in less than thirty minutes, in less like about ten to fifteen minutes. I drafted the email and sent it. But the first email I sent to a professor took me days. You understand? It took me a long time. I saw, I read, I um edit, send it to somebody, read, edit, a lot back and forth. But then, because of several months of practice. When that very opportunity came, when I saw the tweets, in less than 30 minutes, I was able to draft and send an email. So basically, all those moments of failure failure, and all those practices over those months were the one that helped, leading to that very one moment where I saw the opportunity and took it in the short, shortest possible time. So around that time, someone would say, oh, how come i able to draft an email in just 10 minutes? It's not because I may know all the emails, but because I've just tried multiple times. There are some I failed. I sent some emails and they never responded. But then, of with those multiple, I can say I'm sending more than 100 emails. Like I was sending emails to different um, countries, like I'll study time zones and then um I, didn't, I was using my KNSD email. We didn't have a schedule a schedule feature. So you have to literally wait to a certain time to send an email. If you want to send an email to Australia, you have to calculate time zone. If you are sending it to US, you have to calculate time zone, you're sending it to France or Paris. And you have to do it, but practice, practice, like I say, practice is very important.
1: There's a story of Pablo Picasso. I mean, we are talking about how to gain confidence and then how practicing something can lead to like you having more confidence in yourself. And there's there's a story of Pablo Picasso where he was sitting in a, in a restaurant after he had finished eating. The napkin that was given to him, he did a sketch, like a painting on there. And then this woman comes and is like, wow, I've never seen something like this in my life. That's absolutely beautiful. How did you do that? Would you sell that to me? Then Pablo Picasso says, okay, well, how much do you want to offer for this thing? I'm saying this in relation to your advice on consistently like, practicing what you want to do. So he was there and then the, the woman makes an offer of like, okay, I want to pay. I don't know the exact figure, but he wants to pay like, like maybe 50,000 Cities. And then Pablo Picasso says that, no, 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 this is like a billion Ghana Cities worth or a billion dollar worth or something. And then the woman says, no, it took you just five minutes to draw this thing. Like, it just took you five minutes to do this thing that you are selling to me at this exorbitant price. And then Pablo Picasso says, no, no, that's not it. It took me my whole life to practice to be able to do this particular thing that I'm doing for you in five minutes. So, like, consistently practicing is very, very important. And sometimes you practice so much for just five minutes of output. I remember way back in high school when you're going for a debate or any public speaking engagement or anything of that sort. You spent like days just to make a presentation of like five minutes. And what's the essence? It gives you that confidence in what you are doing. But then lately, I've been seeing you in the gym. I see you on your socials. Like, you're in the gym. How do you think the gym has... Also, also, I mean, how do you think personal grooming, personal grooming for young boys and then men boost their confidence? How... Has going to the gym contributed in any way to your
0: confidence? Okay. Um <laughs> I'll say it's it feels good to look good. And um I think there's this confidence you get when you when you feel like you are in shape or something like that. So yeah, um um I'm not going to lie, it actually gives you some extra confidence. But for me, then the main reason I joined the gym was um I I wanted to, like, try and keep fit because, like, eating habits here is quite bad. <laughs> My eating habits here is not really as good. I want to eventually change it ever. It's not really as good. So I wanted to try and build a good lifestyle, like, a good working-out lifestyle so that eventually when I add good diets and then maybe I'll be able to live a uh, healthy Like, But I start seeing results. I guess over time, you realize you start seeing gains. And it feels good. That, or, I mean, somebody could casually just say, oh... Um, this shirt looks nice on you or maybe um or they like how um, you look or something and it feels good it's it's a good um confidence or morale boost that you knowing that like you are you are looking much better than maybe you were a couple of months ago so yeah that's that's also some other benefits of um maybe consider consistency mean for
1: me it does a lot of things it plays like a huge role it helps It just gives you some kind of confidence. At least if you go and you have an objective, like I want to do this number of reps and you do it, like you walk out of the gym feeling quite confident and knowing that all right, at least you've done something successful in the day. Let's get a bit more technical. I mean, you are a biomedical engineer from your undergrad and now you are into the health sciences. What are some of the areas that you find in the health sector that you think have the potential? And if somebody is um, in school currently, what areas would you advise the person to pay attention to you think has those areas have have like a huge leverage
0: okay so uh, um i mean you if i'm supposed to speak from my point of view i'll be a little biased towards maybe um biomedical engineering or maybe the health sciences but at least for a general rule i tell people that like pursue your passion or pursue the things that you enjoy that's one very important that, because if you are doing something you enjoy it is Less work, cause like at least for me over here, this semester almost every single week we had presentation. I enjoy making PowerPoint. I enjoy the process of making the PowerPoint and actually doing the presentation. So although it's so much work, it didn't feel like work to me. I had fun creating the slides. I had fun talking every time in class every single week. But that might be something that's very daunting to someone. So, um, the first the general rule I tell you at least pursue the things you enjoy. But it's not enough to just pursue the things you enjoy also you might have to like look at certain things that you might want to also approach so at least for for my um area right now i'm into research uh, i want to eventually be a, like a, i want to eventually be a professor or yeah be in academia and teach and do research and i would say at least in the field that i am mean, in the field of falls there's not really much look at people um, um people that fall and hits their heads for older adults. Um it is big, concussion is big right now. If you watch like the Premier League over the last couple of years, it's been a big issue. When a player has head impact or head injury is a big issue. In the US, it's also a very big issue in NFL um, and or like in, in American football. But then that's just sports. So me, I'm looking at it in older adults. At least not all of us can play sports, but all of us will eventually grow old. So I'm looking at impacts or head impact injuries in older adults. So maybe I might say that's a new field. And if there are people who are also interested in something, it might be something that will be big. But then that's the thing about most of these fields too. It's like some mostly they are short, um, they are short-lived. That's why it is good to pursue your goal because it maybe for the next two or three years, that might be the big thing everybody's talking about. And then after a while, people move on to the next thing. So at least for the past couple of years, you realize that people were talking about maybe dementia, st- I'm talking about research, people are talking about dementia studies, and maybe in the big, bigger or global stage, just tech tech jobs became a big thing. After a while, you think right now, over the last couple of years, we hear so much about AI. AI is everywhere. Next thing you know, we might switch to something else. So, if you are just pushing or chasing after the wind, you might you might lose your enthusiasm. So, first thing that first you look at the things that you realize, that, oh, I, when I'm doing this, I don't I don't get tired. I enjoy what I'm doing. And then try and find a sweet spot. It's not enough to also have passion. Like you you need money. Um, so yes, you might have some passion and something, but like you have to get some hard skills that you can use to give work, um, get a self-fulfillment for a good job, but still make some decent money you can use to take care of yourself and your know, family. Right,
1: great submission there. Yeah. I mean, you need you need, we said something that you need. You you don't need to do something that will make you lose your enthusiasm. And I think that's very important because things are evolving quite quickly. Things are going very rapidly. And I think recently somebody was talking about the fact that the best skill that we can build for ourselves as 20-somethings is our ability to adapt to the dynamics of the corporate world or the dynamics of the Environment in which we find ourselves in because things are getting outmoded quickly. And if you are not able to groom yourself in that particular regard, you find yourself lagging behind. So, what team do you support? You spoke about the Premier League. What team do you support?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I support a football club. And right now, I'm really glad I, I, I get to see coffee. I mean, I've never really been shy of my team, I've always been proud of them, even in their struggling days. So, it's good to see that we are making very decent progress over the last couple of. Do you of think Arsenal
1: is going to win the Premier League this season? Uh,
0: <laughs> that's a tough one. at the At the start of the season, I actually thought we we're going to, but our recent games have not really been the best, and I don't really see the plan. Um, from from Arteta so far, so hopefully I'm I'm wrong and he has a plan, and then we we see. But hopefully I. I I'm confident I will finish top four, but winning might be a problem. This is Liverpool. I mean yeah, Liverpool fan. Liverpool looks very poised to win this season. And, and I mean right away, I think City struggle, but we know we know Pep. The moment we enter January, he's he starts doing his stuff. So let's see how it goes. <laughs> you
1: think you are close to saying Ateta out?
0: Oh no, not at all.
1: Ateta at is doing quite well. I don't know what might be wrong, but I think he's one of the coaches that played, he plays drilled football. And I like coaches who play drilled football. I've not been watching your games lately, but I don't know what's happening. I mean, a lot of people are saying Liverpool are good contenders for the Premier League, but I don't know. I don't know. Honestly speaking, I don't feel like we are there yet. And I don't want to expect too much from the boys. You know, we we did a total overhauling of our midfielders. Like, we brought in a new set of players. They are doing quite well, but I feel like we just don't have the 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 sharpness and then that's sort of cutting edge finishing that we need, especially when we are playing against low block teams um, of of I mean that kind. So I'm not really like out there when it comes to confidence that we are gonna win the Premier League. But I think so far, so good. I mean, I'm impressed beyond doubts especially with the midfield that we have, we are scoring from the midfield Liverpool Football Club. Like, come on. It's, it's just nice. It's just nice. I don't know. But I mean, I'm just me, I'm just like the players, one game at a time, and then we we'll see how it goes. <laughs> You know in Ghana, let's 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 have this conversation. You know, in Ghana, it's quite difficult to one of the one of the things that boys complain when they go abroad is that the culture shocks when it comes to relationships and stuff. Like if you want to move to a girl, it's not as difficult as it is yet. I mean, we're having a conversation with a girl, it's not as difficult as it is yet. It's a bit easy, the conversation flows basically. Boys, they talk, see, Ghanaian girls don't know how, then they chat. That's it, so. You understand? I want you, I want us to, like, talk to me about some of the cultural shocks that you've experienced as you went to the state, especially in that area of life.
0: At least I have a lot of female friends, and I've been in relationships in the past, and for most parts, at least the people I talk to are very engaging people. Most of the people I know are, People can carry conversations, but yes, it's true. What you see, I hear it. Like I see it on Twitter. People say, "Oh, Ghana girls are not like really vocal," and like they leave you to carry the whole conversation. But I have personally not really experienced that. Um, but yeah, then again, to um um, over here, I was saying like yeah, people are much more approachable. Not everybody, but then yeah, um, people are more welcome, and people are more welcome and. Willing to talk to you, um, uh, a lot or help you a lot. So in terms of um, shocks, um, I I wouldn't say they have been like very drastic ones. Cause like there's some countries you go to and like things are entirely different. At like, least maybe you're driving on a different side of the car or something like that. Those are different, like very sharp differences. But I would say generally like there are things that are um done a little differently. So one of them is at least from the states. I mean. People drive to do almost everything, which is, I mean, I don't I just don't get it. Like they have drive drive to prayers. Like you literally sit in your car and drive to the side of the church to have prayers. They have drive through everything, drive through it. Like people don't want to walk out of their cars. Their Americans are so attached to their cars. They don't even want to walk out of their cars, drive through fast food, drive through ATMs. So that's one thing I'm like, what's what's going on here? Um. There's also uh, at least for my state because things might be different in different states. My state is very um. At least all my city is not really walkable, and I I used to enjoy long walks in Adenta. I I was in the flats um, uh, uh, and I used to enjoy walking through the flats in the evening. Sometimes with my friends. Sometimes I used to meet together once in a while. Uh, yeah, some of my friends, but it's not really walkable here. You could literally be walking on the streets, and then the walking path just ends. There's no walking path. It merges into a road, like a main road. So basically they are trying to get the car. Yeah. So that's one thing. And um also generally people are very especially there's a lot of collegiality between like superiors and juniors and like a uh, subordinates. Um like when I came, my my research supervisor was telling me to call her by her first name. And that's the same way, like most prophets, they don't even want you to call them doctor or professor. They want you to call them by their first names. And to prayers, when I went to church, our church pastor, everybody was, they call him well. Our church, when I'm in Ghana, we hear like, i this, or pastor that, or priest this. But when a church pastor introduced me something, he just called me, hi, I'm like, oh, what's your name? I'm Albert. And we sat down and we talked, like, they, they are very, very cordial. I went for a conference in Florida. And after the presidential speech, like the president of the conference, we all walk out of the auditorium. And he was walking with us on the streets. Like he was literally walking across the streets to like the next building or something, which felt very, I was literally walking beside us. I was like, wait, this is the president of the entire conference, casually just walking beside me. And it makes you feel how people know you are. The more you get to listen to people, like bow down, respect. You don't talk to your elderly, you wait for them to talk and you talk back. That whole thing is coming I mean, but it's a little yeah, it's
1: different Ghana, dear, if you don't respect charlie you you, you will suffer <laughs> if you are not ghana please you go far it's like it's it's the it's the requirement for sustainable living in ghana if you especially in the corporate world but we call our bosses aunties we say hello auntie that we say hello daddy we say uncle that we say hello prof that whilst the relationship is strictly business. If you don't do it like that, you're not even getting the promotion. Do uh, you feel lonely sometimes? Do you miss hope?
0: My friends are like, how come I just came and I have made those of connections? And I'll say, sometimes, well, sometimes I'll say, I'm just lucky. I don't know if it's luck, but then I have people around me that I'm able to call friends. But I do hope that I do. I miss family too. Like, I miss my parents because I was in school for four years. And afterwards, I was a teaching assistant for one year. So, like, five years, I was actively away from home. Away from so some of my JHS mates. After JHS, came to SHS after high school, some of them went to Defence National Service. That was one point I had. I was working, but then I had quite some time with my parents. I used to, and we spend time. So, I missed those moments. I miss. My, my parents, my family, and miss my friends because it was one of those few times I got to see them weekly. We used to play football at UGMC. So like every week, getting to see them every week, playing football and like going out really fun. And yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I sometimes really. The
1: reason why I'm asking this is because recently I was in a meeting with some senior colleagues and then they were talking about how lonely it can get when you are not in your in your country especially on thanksgiving like when everybody is with their family they are having a good time they are having a good time and then you are absolutely just there all alone that's why i'm asking i i'm asking that i mean i don't know and then the, the people we see abroad also talk about the they, they say it can be
0: quite lonely. That's very true, but luckily, I, I don't know if it applies to other states or but The people here have very courteous. Like people are willing to host you. They will ask you, like someone just "Hello." Um, I mean, I know your family is back home, but can, you can join my family for Thanksgiving. I had multiple invites, so it just tells you how people are thoughtful and want to also like share, and um, let's help you, like make you share their space with them.
1: Okay. Alright, great, great, great. I think it goes it goes a long way to also speak about how hospitable that we are as humans and then the fact that on a larger scale, there are some great people out there who who despite our national differences, I mean they still they still want to care for you just because you are human, but not because you are not an American or a Ghanaian. And that's, that's quite nice to know, you know, that's all right. So bro, you, I want you to share with, I know that the workload and the pressure on you is quite huge. You, you have lots of things to do right now, as in with the program that you are reading. What are some of the tips and tricks that you use to make you more productive and um, help you to work a bit more faster in this, in this program that you are doing?
0: Okay, that's, that's a good one. Um, so I'll say I put stuff, um, I, have, I document a lot. I put stuff in my calendar and I don't know, if I don't put something in my calendar, I'll forget. So I think when um, we reach out about us having this conversation, I was like, let's have a particular time. So then I put in my course. Whenever the week's about to start, I plan out all the activities and put them in my calendar. So I know exactly what I'm doing at this point in time. So I know that maybe on saturday the 16th of december as this time i have um a meeting from maybe 6 30 to 8 30 and after i have this time so that i know how to also prepare for meetings one thing i've learned about people here is that like they prepare so much for even the shortest meetings. i think you mentioned how if in the back then even you were going for maybe a competition you would prepare for weeks just to have like a short meeting yeah, people prepare intensively you'll be surprised about how much preparations people do for the shortest period so even if it's a 10 minutes meeting the whole plan is that people value time time is a very valued asset over here you don't waste somebody's time so if i'm calling you that oh let's have a call for oh let's have let's talk for like the next 30 minutes i'll make sure that i have i bring all my questions i brainstorm all my questions and know that i'm going to ask you these questions i am going to ask you this. it's not like they say after discussion then later you say oh i mean uh, announcing an email be like i forgot to ask this question can you answer this no so people plan a lot and that's something that i'm also trying to incorporate in my life where i plan ahead of time and so i use the reminders calendar inputs and alarms a lot to keep me in check so at least yeah, that's one thing and then the next thing is to actually like do the work. There are times where um, it's not every day where I have a a hundred. There are there are days I can't get, I can't do anything. I don't know why. Um, there are days I barely get anything done. And there are days I can check off like maybe a whole list. So there are days I'm like about twenty or thirty percent of my work outputs, And there are days I'm like about two hundred percent, like I'm overdoing. So I make sure that like I'm able to balance those days. So but for most days, I just keep in mind that you wake up, plan for the day, do as much as you can. The those that you don't, you're unable to finish in a day. At least note them down and then try to work on them next day. And yeah, that's how, at least that's how I get to go about work because there's a lot of work and a lot of different aspects of work. So I think that's something. Most people might not know about graduate school but graduate school is not just about studies i think the learning path is very small graduate school is a lot about resilience and teaching you so much about how to combine a lot of things because the goal of graduate school is to train you to become an independent researcher I, I didn't even know that before i applied but like that's the whole point like that training to become an independent researcher and finding now that research involves so much It's about first it involves you Finding information, you applying for grants and grant applications, is the whole process. You contacting potential supervisors, you doing a poster presentation, going for conferences. So there's so much work going on. As you'll be going to class and doing assignments and mentoring undergraduate students. So it's like there's so many things. Your thoughts and ideas are all over the place. So it's important to try and put them in like calendar notes so that you can keep track of them. I know that okay, in this from 10 to 12, I have a meeting in my lecturer, then I have a seminar or a webinar. Yeah, I don't know, I've probably share maybe one of my daily calendars with you. And it, it just really start like from 6 30 a.m. It starts the days, it starts from 6 30 all the way to like 9 PM. With just task, 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 task for the entire day. And you just have to keep going, keep going, keep going. So you go to a point I took I was taking coffee to the point I was actually addicted. <laughs> But then now I've got a more vacation. I've tried to cut down on the coffee intake, But yeah, it's a lot of work.
1: Wow. Great. So we all have people we want to, to to look up to. I mean, we have mentors. And then you just spoke about mentoring undergrads. I mean, if if I if I put you in the position of an undergrad right now, if I put you in a position where you were in high school right now, what are some of the things that you wish you knew? thing let me go first bro for me i think it would have been to say say yes to opportunities because like say yes to opportunities and don't be scared to fail i like that's for me because especially in high school i missed out on a great opportunity to become the head boys perfect because i feel like i wasn't capable of it yeah. that's one and two i feel like i feel like the the whole thing they were doing wasn't transparent. They were trying to base it based on academic priorities but then they weren't looking at ha- what I had to offer as a leader, and so I wasn't really cool with that. But I wish I had said yes because I believe that it would have made me more confident. Yes,
0: yeah. I see. Yeah, Very to read more or what are some
1: in of the things you would actually tell yourself if you had the chance to go back in time.
0: The being the um the mood to always like read every single day i think that's a habit i lost after um when i went to engineering school at least for undergrad because i was in American year there's so much focus on like um assignments and the calculation part of things that i began to lose the like, the reading aspect but then now in graduate mm-hmm. school like, it's like it's a skill set i need so 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 much it's like every day you are reading articles every single day, reading articles and critiquing them. So it's like it's something I really wish I was able to um that, that all gain um back then. But yeah, what you're saying is true. don't be afraid to fail. And that's something I've, I've gained over the last couple of years.
1: All right, great. We're almost wrapping up, my bro. Quick question, quick question. Um Who are the people that you look up to?
0: Oh, I look up to people, different people in different aspects. Um, So let's say in sports, there are some people like let's say... I, I could say Messi or Ronaldo. I pick traits from them in music. I look at people like this, say J. Cole. But right now, like this, for my career path, I I really, really idolize my supervisor. She's very smart and she does so many things I really wish I'd be able to do. I pick character traits from individual people. I look up to some of my friends. They're even surprised. Like, so, I mean, for you, what you've been doing is there's consistency in all the work you're doing. So I learn from my friends. So I pick. I already have a one person I idolize. What I do is I pick the different trees from different people and then I live by them.
1: Any book or movie, favorite book, favorite movie, anything that has really shaped you? Quick one.
0: Um, Favorite book. Hmm. I might not have necessarily have one, but we're going to talk about a favorite poem. I think it's by Robert Frost. Um... I hope I'm able to remember the title. But the 4 movie, I really liked Interstellar a lot. That was a mm. that's like a very perfect mm. movie. I think everybody should see. Um yeah, I, I don't know, I've forgotten the poem of, of head, but it's about a man who people idolize so much, but then he also had his sad days and probably killed him, killed himself. It's a, it's a poem. yeah. So if sometimes maybe us looking at people and say, Oh, maybe this guy is all I want to be, maybe it's not just like that. So we should find a good in our everyday life and then live by them. Mm. Mm.
1: Wow. All right. Thank you so much for doing this with me, my bro. Sincerely, I appreciate your time. Um, it's been a great conversation. Uh, oh, we've we've spoken uh, about a lot of things and uh, thank you so much. I wish you the absolutely best. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to find something that I would want to ask you because you're quite smart and I know that I have... Yeah. Who Do you want to see on this podcast? Who would you want to hear on this podcast? Who would you want to hear on this podcast?
0: Um, definitely Teresa. Why um, people, why,
1: why people yeah. mention somebody else? But I, I mean, oh, like honestly,
0: I really want to hear, like, she's a really smart girl. Um, um, who else would I want to? Um, Richard, um, yeah. Nice. H-A-G, H-A-G. H-A-G. Yeah, um, ECB for my institution. Yeah, yeah, that guy, that guy is a good guy. Like he pushes and motivates me a lot. So yeah, I mean you might want to talk to him. Really smart guy.
1: Yeah, Richard AJ, smart, smart guy. I think you work with him on a couple of things, yeah. Fantastic. I'm super excited that we were able to do this together. I mean, it's it's 1 a.m. here in Ghana. And, and you look tired, you look quite stressed. Uh, you've been up and you've been doing this with me i'm super excited thank you and then we'll meet you up there thank you so much Um, i wish you the very 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 best and uh, we'll see how it goes when uh, we meet at the top and i wish so hello titans um today i had a conversation with albert okra albert is my g um he's currently doing his graduate studies in the united states I reached out to him because I felt like he had a couple of things he could share with us when it comes to, I mean, leaving the country, some of the cultural shocks in the United States and other things. We've had a lot of things we've spoken about. So um, it was great having him and I know and I believe that he's been able to share some very insightful things with you. So once again, my name is Rudolph Amuakua and I'm the host of the Titans podcast, Africa's number one educational show a show where we share with you actionable ideas and insights to help you become better at whatever you do. Once again, it was beautiful having you on today's episode. I'm out and ciao. Stand tall and stand firm. I want to have an agreement so if you would pause here go to the subscription button press on it follow the show and if you would share the show with five people in your circle then I want to make a promise to you what is this I want to tell you that because of what you have done we will make sure that we bring on to this show the most insightful and the best people to share with you actionable ideas and insights to help you improve your life every single time that is what we are going to do on the show